Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Our business is public relations, coaching, and strategy. If you are in the market for communication road mapping, media relations, social and digital branding, coaching and event preparation, or any other services that you think we can be of value, please reach out at www.provisionadvisors.net. All right. Hey, hey, everyone. This is John Schofield. This is the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Joining me, special guest, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capital Gazette newspaper and our producer, Chris Cervello, as we break down and get ready for the first football game of the season, September 4th, 2021, when the Mids face Marshall. Uh, But a lot of stuff is going on before then and a lot of moving and shaking in football camp and who better to break that down than bill wagner so before i start breaking down what i saw on the mean pitch of glenn warner soccer facility this past week wags what have you been hearing on the football field and and what caught your eye in naval academy sports this past week well it's all systems go for football in fact we interviewed coach niamatololo where now there are exactly seven practices remaining before navy plays marshall coach feels really good they they have really gone at it. Their spring practice, apparently, the more and more I hear about what they did in the spring, it was brutal. It was like a real football game every day out there. Um, they had like a little mini season during spring practice, and then they've had plenty of of good on good physical contact during August training camp. And you know they look pretty good. I've been out there, you know, I, and I actually talked to Chet Gladchuck, the athletic director, about this because. Both of us go out to practice and they look in midseason form, which, uh, you know, they look better right now in August than they did at any point last season. So it just tells you how much practicing real football means and how important it is. A lot of good guys, uh, you know, we're going to see some of our regular guys that we know about, Diego Fago, Michael Cooper, uh, Kevin Brennan, but there's some young up and coming guys. Uh, I'm going to hit a couple positions and mention a few names. Pierce Banbury is the leader of the offensive line. He's been issued number 68 in honor of David Forney. And I think you're going to see a big season out of Pierce Banbury, the center, the anchor of the offensive line. But there's another guy that they're raving about left tackle, Jake Casavella. Remember him. His name has been mentioned in company with Ford Higgins, who everyone remembers center Ford Higgins as a guy who just played nonstop, high motor, just crazy energy. They're saying Casabella's just like that. Great footwork, really moves well, and just plays with an incredible motor. So look for him. And then uh, in terms of the fullbacks, James Harris II has really made a move I think Isaac Ross is still the number one fullback, but James Harris is looking good. He's had a great camp. I think you're going to see good things out of him. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Will Harbor, our Admiral Mack Award winner. And it's interesting. I write about that Admiral Mack Award all the time. It's the most improved player during spring camp. And a lot of times that guy never does anything. It's 
you know, sometimes I think, wonder what does it really mean you're the most improved player during spring camp? Well, for Will Harbor, it's legit. This guy is good. He looks like a mini Diego Fago. And he is, at this point, looking like he's going to start at the other inside linebacker position next to Diego Fago. So let's, if Will Harbor is what I think he is, think, imagine two Diego Fagos out there running down tacklers and crashing the line of scrimmage. And uh, another guy to watch, John, is Nicholas Strahl. He is the Raider position. That's a hybrid outside linebacker position, which has is myriad responsibilities. But in Navy's defense, that guy is going to have a lot of chances to pressure the quarterback. And there, Strahl was an inside linebacker who switched to Raider midway through last season because the previous starter got injured and actually ended the career-ending injury. So they moved Strahl out there, and he is now really, really comfortable in that position and looking real good. And then the other guy I'll mention is a defensive end named Jacob Busick. He is a sophomore a Westminster High graduate here from the state of Maryland, and Busick is really looking good. He's long, really tall. He, he kind of almost looks like Jackson Perkins a little bit, and uh, I think Jacob Busick is going to be a guy that really, you know, catches the notice of fans. So that's just a few names of guys to look for, John. One other position that I'm going to ask you to break down really quick, and your coverage in the Capitol, as always, has been amazing. But, you know, we really had a problem in the slot back position last year. Um, now, Chance Warren is one of the captains, obviously a very known commodity in terms of his speed. How are we going to look, particularly with losing Carruthers at the fullback position, in terms of having that reliable stable of, of ball carriers? You know, that's a good question, John. I, I don't know where things stand with the slot backs. A lot of times in practice, they don't really run the triple full out to the point where you see what kind of gain the slot back gets you. A lot of times it's quarterback fullback runs. And usually what happens is the ball carrier gets kind of past the line of scrimmage and then they just let up and you never know really how many yards they would have gained if, if it was pure tackling instead of just touch. But the guy they're raving about is this sophomore, uh, Daniel Jones. He has got pure speed. They're saying that he is like a, a, got a gear that you don't see at Navy very often. And, you know, they're saying he could be a dynamic game breaker. He's the type of guy that if you can get him in open space, he can take it to the house. Sprinters, sprinter type speed guy. I mean, Kenny Amatololo even remarked that, you know, you we don't see guys like this very often out on our practice field. But Chance Warren is the guy that we really need to see something out of. He moved from wide receiver to slot back. And then last season, just because of the messed up nature of the whole season, Chance didn't get many opportunities. And we really just didn't see what kind of impact he can make at slot back. Chance is a guy that can make people miss. He's, he's got some wiggle. He's got speed. He, he's also fairly physical, so he can break some tackles. So Chance Warren's got to set the tone at the slot back position. And then Tiger Goslin who moved from quarterback to slot back, I'll be honest with you. I mean, they've said a lot of good things about Tiger making the adjustment, but out of practice, I haven't seen a whole lot of Tiger. And in fact, I'm seeing some young guys getting some shots. So I think they're, they, they're feeling like they've got to build the depth at slot back a little more because I'm not sure 
how much they like some of the returning guys. And I mean, there's some freshmen getting some looks at slot back. I don't know that we'll see them early, but the guys that you're definitely going to be seeing are Chance Warren, Daniel Jones, and then, of course, Carlinos AC. And he was listed as the starter going into August training camp. But this Daniel Jones speedster, we may see a little more of him than AC just because he has the ability to really do some damage, John. Expert analysis as always, Bill. I'll tell you what. I am, as always, so excited about the football season just because it's always, you know, the the rite of passage, you know, the reawakening of, of, of the school year, of fall, which is my favorite time of year. And, of course, I'm a huge Navy football fan as well. Um, one of those other um, rites of passage, at least for the fall for me and my memory, is soccer. And, and the very first sport to start back up here for Naval Academy Sports was women's soccer. Um, they had really an amazing first couple of games. I was there, um, was, was really impressed with the freshmen, really impressed with the play. Um, you know, in case you weren't following us on, on Twitter, an absolutely awesome win, electrifying win against a very good Loyola Marymount team who had some speedsters on there. And then a very good George Washington Colonial squad. Shout out to uh, to supporter of the pod, Hannah Munley, a George Washington Colonial herself. But Wow, like a really, really solid team that George Washington had and, and maybe played them square, um, got some really good play and, and walked away with the tie. Um, yeah, the, the future is, is difficult as the beginning of the season before you get into Patriot League, Patriot League play always is. Yeah, there's always a pretty challenging road trip this year for the women's soccer going to Ohio, playing the Bobcats and then playing Ohio State. You know, and before then, they, they've got a tough little roadie this weekend. I believe they play Towson, and then they have to go to College Park and play uh, the Terrapins. So, you know, really good opportunity for them to see what they have uh, before the Patriot League play starts. And I'll tell you what they have is they have an amazing freshman. Her name is Tatum Kelly. She's six foot and every bit of six foot. She plays center back. She sweeps, um, is just a very imposing force. She scored a goal in her debut and was absolutely dominant against Loyola Marymount. Uh, a little bit of a struggle, um, you know, if you can call it a struggle against George Washington and that George Washington did score a couple of goals, but n- neither, I, I don't think Tatum Kelly could have done anything about it. And I'm telling you, the the mids have a really, really good team. They've got uh, a, a real worker in McCaleb, Tatum Kelly. Tran is is just a playmaker in the middle. So I'll, I'll tell you what, it was really enjoyable for me to watch them. And it was great to hear from Karen Gabera uh, talk about, you know, what this season looks like. Um, she was excited about it. And I'll tell you what, from from what I saw in those first two games, there's a lot to be excited about. We're going to go to break unless, Wags, you have anything you want to offer on the women's soccer team. Well, yeah, because the one clip I saw from that uh, win over Loyola Marymount was Caitlin Duran. How about that play in which she basically ripped off the goalie? Uh, the goalie was trying to go for the ball to, to you know, it was like a loose ball in front of the net and, went sliding down and Caitlin Duran just kind of ripped her off, pushed the ball forward and went and got it and put it in the net for the game winner. That was a great highlight. If you haven't seen that, go on YouTube or whatever channels, your social media channels and find that highlight of Caitlin Duran. That was sweet. 
as an English Premier fan, the commentators would have called that particular play a howler. The goalkeeper really did not anticipate the the pressure that Duran was going to apply and was stripped of the ball. And, and then Caitlin had a great little slot home. So awesome conversation, a lot to be excited about with the women's team and also with the men's team. Uh, the men's team was supposed to play this past weekend. Their uh, exhibition against Drexel was canceled because of the weather, but their season is about to begin. And who better to talk about the excitement of that new season than coach Tim O'Donohue. When we come back from this break, we will talk to him. Remember, Sing Second Sports is sponsored by the Naptown Scoop and by Dry 5 and Red Red Wine Bar. Thank you so much for our sponsors. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll break it down with Coach OD. This week's episode of Sing Second Sports is brought to you by our sponsor, the Naptown Scoop. Local news with a personality. The Naptown Scoop is our go-to resource for events, music, and more. Follow the Naptown Scoop on Instagram at Naptown Scoop. N-A-P-T-O-W-N S-C-O-O-P and subscribe to receive the Scoop newsletter at www.naptownscoop.com. Thank you to the Naptown Scoop for being a fantastic supporter of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, we are back. Thanks for sticking with us. So as promised, we're going to start breaking down uh, the seasons for some of these fall sports. Um, I talked, uh, we talked to coach Karen Gabera last week and, and brought you some action from Glenn Warner as they kicked off their season. Now kicking off uh, their season as well as the men's team. And we are so happy to be joined by coach Tim O'Donohue. Uh, coach, I'll tell you what, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you first before Wags dives into the, to the more team related questions. How excited are you for a season crossing our fingers you know, and our toes how excited are you about a season that is very unlike last season uh, due to COVID, due to, the, due to the schedule changes, due to all that? How excited are you about, about what's, what's about to arrive this week? We're just excited. I think even you talked about the – I was at the women's game with my family on Sunday. It was just so great to have fans in the stands, and it was a fantastic crowd. And, you know, I, was, I, lo- I love what Karen's doing. I love some of the players I was watching – and I got a chance to really enjoy that game, which I normally don't once the season starts for us. So that was just fun. And yeah, we're just excited for, for some normalcy, as you said, you know, fingers crossed, but I think hopefully, hopefully I think, I think, um, I think that's going to happen. So, and I think truthfully what happened to us is we got hot last year and, you know, we came out four and zero with UVA five and zero. we hit a little turbulence. We had, you know, we had a few, you know, guy in, guy out with COVID, some different things. And normally in a 20-game season, you have some ups and downs, right? You have you have a little lull. Our lull happened and we were done. So, you know, I think going in as a head coach, you know it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster at times to a 20-game season, 18-game season. So I'm just excited to get on that roller coaster, right, and have the full, you know, and have the full – you know, good, bad, you know, the, the lulls, just all the things that as a coach, you, you know, you, you expect in a full season. So walk me through your schedule really quick. You kick it off with UMBC. Um, at, and as we tape this at UMBC tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then you have your home debut against Marist on, uh, on Sunday, the 29th at 4 PM. Sing second sports will be there uh, bringing you the wittiest and pithiest of tweets uh, from Glenn Warner. But, 
you know, beyond Marist and Iona, then you, you know, you've got some big ones, LaSalle, GW, before you get into the Patriot League season, starting off at BU in mid-September. How do you evaluate the schedule? What are you excited about? And what do you think the early season challenges are going to show you about your team? Well, you, UMBC, first off, I mean, I think UMB hit a, hit a final four, you know, five, six years ago. Um, and it's just a very, it's a very good program. So I thought, it, you know, when I talked to coach, I said, Hey, we'll cut, you know, when do we want to play? And I said, and let's open it up playing there. We're going to find out a lot about our team and, you know, it's a, it's a good, it's a very good game. I think there's going to be for their students, they're going to do what they sometimes all this, a lot of their students will be there. I think it's going to be a good crowd. They're usually top 15 attendance in the country. So I, I expect it to be a good crowd. I expect our players to be challenged and we'll know a lot more about our group uh, at nine o'clock on Thursday, but I feel good about it. I, we're as prepared as I think, you know, you, you can be, I mean, I've watched almost, you know, most of their games from last year. So, but of course there's the unknown of who they've brought in and things like that. So it's not as it's not the first game is not, you can't prepare as you normally do. But then going forward, you know, it's, it'll be nice to have three home games, have have the fans back. And, I, you know, I feel good about it. I think we got a good mix coming back. I feel good about the group. Well, real quickly with UMBC, I mean, they're led by a pretty legendary figure in Baltimore area soccer, Pete Karinji. Mm-hmm. He's uh, been around a long time, is very highly respected, and he's done a wonderful job of building that UMBC program into – as coach said, a national contender coach, I can give you a little bit of Intel right now. Uh, one guy you need to watch on UMBC is uh, forward Spencer Hanks. He's an Arundel high graduate lives here in my hood of Odenton. And I've written about him as a freshman. He had a really good season. So that's one guy you can keep an eye out on Spencer Hanks, number 17. No, um, I, pre- I appreciate it. Yeah. That's my, my scouting report for you. Um, I'm looking, you're picked fourth in the preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that surprising, disappointing to you to be picked fourth? Uh, uh, or is that just kind of based off the fact you didn't make the Patriot League tournament last year? Well, not first of all, not making the Patriot League tournament. We were, if you look at all the points, I think we were tied for second and second or third. So it was, it was a tiebreaker. So I think to be fair to our group and our team, um, it was a seven-game season, and you know I think we had one loss, one tie. So I think we would have been in there, right? But the, no, it's totally irrelevant to me what where we're picked. The only thing that really matters is where we where we finish at the end. I think fourth is fair. You know, I think people generally, when you look at when those things are, where did you finish last year? I think. Um, but what I can tell you is I think American was picked ninth last year, you know, won the league two years ago. I think Lafayette was picked ninth or 10th and got to the final. So there's, there's a lot of very, you know, it's a very good league in men's soccer. So you have a lot of teams that are fairly similar. So now that, that doesn't even cross my mind, that kind of stuff, to be honest with you. And just for the fans out there, uh, Loyola, Maryland is picked in the Patriot League preseason poll to win the league, 10 first-place votes. Mm-hmm. American was a close second with seven first-place votes. Lafayette third with two first-place. Navy was very close with Lafayette as far as the voting, and Navy got a first-place vote. So someone out there thinks Navy could win the league. 
and I know Coach is one of them, um, you have nine returning starters. You mm-hmm. lost only two starters. That's an outstanding way to foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have two guys that made Patriot League all preseason all league, uh, David Jackson, uh, your sophomore midfielder, and Matt Nosita, your outstanding senior defender. Um, maybe let's start by talking about those guys. But one guy I noticed is not on preseason all league, who I think can be all league, is Jacob Williams. Mm-hmm. Who you know, I'm a little biased since he's a local kid mm-hmm. from Old Mill High School. But I guess maybe because Jacob only scored one goal in the abbreviated mm-hmm. season, people are not giving him his due. But Jacob Williams, to me, is an all league type of player. I think he'll be the first Navy, certainly in the last couple of years, he could potentially be four-time All-League player, right? So last year, I think he was in quarantine for like 60 days last year, right? With He can't really put too much stock into, into individual statistics with six, seven games with everything going on in the spring. But Jacob, on a, on a career-wise, I think... I think he was. I think he was first team all league or second team all league at the end of last year. And also Collins, our center back next in the seat, was first team all league coming back, um, who was on that team. So again, that's. I don't pay too much attention to that, but I will tell you this: Matt Nasita, you know, he's coming back. I think two time defensive player. He's playing very well in preseason. He had a stint at LAFC, um, which is one of the top MLS teams in the in the country with Bob Bradley, who's the coach there. And uh, Matt was with LAFC in July for, for about a week or eight days. And I think that really helped him. He looks good. And David Jackson, he's a sophomore, was rookie of the year. I think David, and I, and you, and you guys will know more than me with sometimes the athletes at Navy when they become sophomores, as opposed to freshmen, not having, being a plebe, there's just a big difference with David already in preseason, just with, truthfully everything from his numbers and his preseason testing like when you i do you know ver, you know vertical jump you do your your agility stuff your strength he just looks really good in preseason so i'm expecting you know a really good year with him but then you know in some ways our, our most important player tower collins defensively he hasn't got the accolades that matt has with but i think matt nasi would be the first one to tell you that tyler collins and him they've been together now they've started almost every game so i really feel good about those two and they only played two or three games together last spring um because of some of the stuff that was going on with contact tracing so to get them back together i'm excited about as well any young players freshmen that we could uh keep an eye on this year you have some guys you might mention that are you know got players we haven't seen the plebes incoming that are going to make an impact coach you know, I, I think it's a good thing. We have a really good freshman class, but I think it's a sign of progress that, you know, this group, Matt Nasita, Tyler Collins, and, you know, you look at our seniors, Joe, I, I started at one point six, seven, six, seven freshmen a couple of years ago. Thank goodness I don't have to do that. <laughs> so, you know, the, that's the, I don't, you know, we don't have to, and a part of that is the learning curve for me being at the Naval Academy. And I think it's just easier if you don't have to play freshman the first three or four weeks, but coming off a of plebe summer. So we've got some, you know, this is one of the, this is a really good class. I think it was not that I, I really put too much stock in recruiting rankings, but this is a top 15 class and legitimately, but we, I don't expect you're going to see any of those guys for a couple of weeks. We may, we may start, I'll tell you this, a local boy, which I think is a good thing. Charlie Creel is a freshman from Severna park. 
Charlie will probably start for us uh, and be the only freshman to start on Thursday. So Charlie is a local boy. He decided he he verbally committed to the Naval Academy his freshman year in high school. <laughs> so he's a he's been wanting to be part of this, and and I think he has potential to be a really special kid for the next couple of years. Well, we always like to hear about Anne Arnold County guys playing for Navy. Yeah. You mentioned Tyler Collins, who's from Crofton. Mm -hmm. Jacob Williams is old Mill High graduate from Millersville, and now a Summer Park kid. That's great. Coach, last question for me before uh, we send it back to John. Uh, your team captain is Joe Alex from Lockport, mm -hmm. New York. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what Joe brings to the table as your senior captain? You know, Joe's a, just a fantastic young man, and – He's a perfect example of leadership, of leading by example. He's not the most verbose leader, but he's, I think he almost got every vote uh, from the team. And that's the kind of the beauty of being at the Naval Academy is just the emphasis on leadership and, and being able to coach guys like Joe Alex. And Joe, he's, he just has this quiet strength and, and he, he's the type of leader that he's, he's looking out for everybody in the locker room. And he's very well respected in the group. And Joe, his sophomore year, I think he had five. When we were on that 15-game winning streak, he had four game-winning goals in that in that season, starting with, I think, George Mason. He had a couple others, American. So Joe's a really good player. I mean, he, he, he's, he's, all, he's a guy that may start maybe the first guy off the bench, um, but he's a gamer. He's a very good player, left-footed, you know, kind of a 10-forward type guy. Um, but he's he's what's great about coaching at the Naval Academy, right? Just being able to coach a guy like Joe Alex and see him every day. He's, and, and, and a lot of our players are like that, truthfully. Like, it's, it's a pleasure to be around a guy like Joe. And Joe's going to do a great job with this group leading. But I think also we have a really good group of seniors in Matt Nacita, Tyler Collins, Jacob Williams. And we have our goalkeeper, Tyler Fanning, is a senior. We'll, we'll start for us. So, it's a good group of seniors. They've been through a lot. They've seen, you know, some real growth in our program and, and we want to send them out as champions this year. That's, that's what, kind of what, what the mantra of the group is. We're very excited um, to see Matt Nasita in person, as well as all the other players that you mentioned and, and support you. Um, we wish you the best of luck uh, here on Thursday at UMBC, and then we'll all be there cheering you on Sunday at 4 p.m. at Glen Warner against Marist. Um, I, I have to ask you, you know, other than Peter Crouch, you know, <laughs> from, from old English Premier League days, I, I can't remember a player as tall as Matt Nasita is, you know, and, and because I'm a nerd, I went back and looked at like traditional elite center backs, you know, uh, who are, who are tall, like Nemanja Vidic was six, two, uh, Rio Ferdinand, six, three, Harry Maguire is six, four. Those are all Manchester United guys. Not that I'm doing <laughs> that on purpose or anything. Um, you know, it, it, for, for you, how, how unique is it to, to coach someone who has his size, who plays such a, a critical position? Yeah, Matt is interesting, and I think when we recruited him, I think truthfully, I think some some schools. I'm not sure if they passed on him, like the real big schools. But I think the question when you have a guy like that, like Matt, is okay when the ball gets past him, can he? What I call is speed check when I when I recruit a center back. When the ball gets past him, can can speed check? Can you turn? And how are you in transition defending? And so I think that's a question when you have a guy that's six, seven, six, eight, six, even six, five. And that's, 
that's what Matt is probably best at, right? When he, when he, you know, when, when we could play, be very compact tight and the ball gets past Matt and you have a forward that's usually has a lot of pace matches, you know, matches ball me puts it on and, and, and he's so smart one V one defending. So, you know, he, you know, usually you get bigger guys and truthfully, that's, that's what the question is. How, how are they one V one defending and Matt, I think that's probably one of his biggest strengths. So Matt, um, you know, and, and as a center back, obviously for us this year to have him on all defensive set pieces and tight set pieces to have a guy like that, I think it's a big advantage and we want to do a good job of taking advantage of him. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he, you're right about that. You don't see a lot of six, seven, six, eight guys. I think basketball steals them away is maybe the answer. So that, that might be part of the part of the <laughs> part of what goes on. But yeah, we're we're very excited that he's here. We're very lucky. There was another great center back here before I came here, Joe Greenspan, six seven, six eight. So we've had we got another one coming, by the way, next year. That that'll be that'll be uh I can't say his name, but I think we'll we'll continue with that tradition. So but we certainly are very lucky to have Matt. We're just incredibly excited as you are. I, I was there. In fact, I was si sitting right behind you on Sunday. Um, yeah, just having fans on those incredibly uncomfortable aluminum stands um, <laughs> back in that back in that stadium is fantastic. So uh, we we can't we can't wait to cheer you on in person. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, and uh, and we'll check in with you after uh, Thursday and Sunday's games. Good luck. John, thanks for all you guys and everybody, Bill and, and Chris, support our program, and, and uh, we certainly very much appreciate it. Uh, no problem. The pleasure is ours. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Coach Tim O'Donoghue of the Navy men's soccer team taking on UMBC this Thursday and Marist on Sunday, and then a full slate, hopefully, um, as we emerge from COVID lying ahead. So we're going to go to break when we come back. Uh, we are going to talk to Matt Munley and Bill Givens about what you can expect when you arrive for the first football game of the year, September 4th against Marshall. Digital ticketing? How do I do that? Well, we'll let you know. We'll be right back. This week's episode of Sing Second Sports is brought to you by our sponsors at Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 in downtown Annapolis. Coming to town for a football game? Is it your class reunion or just looking for a place to chill on a Friday or Saturday night? Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 are staples in the Annapolis Main Street scene. Whether you're in the mood for a good Cabernet at the wine bar or an old fashioned and a Dry 85 burger, both locations will take care of you. Special thank you to Brian and Lisa Bolter, the owners of both establishments, for being fantastic supporters of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. All right, hey, hey, we are back. Uh, welcome aboard again to re returning podcast guest, Matt Munley, the Associate Athletic Director for Ticket Operations. Uh, Matt, as we're coming up on the new football season, um, can you kind of walk our listeners through exactly what changes they can expect with regard to ticketing? Eventually, Bill Givens will join us and talk about operations, what you can and cannot bring into the stadium. But first things first, how do you get into the stadium and how are we doing tickets this year? And coming out of COVID, how were your ticket sales? That's a whole, whole lot of stuff there, John, we're covering. We're starting with um, all tickets are digital, right? So you're going to be receiving tickets on your phone. You also have an option, if, if available, that these tickets can be printed out, but you'd have to notify the office. So tickets and parking will all be digital, which is great in this day and age. COVID, you, we want to keep away from touching uh, too many touch points. 
So 85% of Americans have a smartphone. We're finding uh, that 15% that, that don't, but that's okay. Um, if you have any problems in with that, you just email us at tickets at usna.edu. The majority of our ticket holders are, are with us. Uh, our sales have been good. We could use a few more for the Marshall game, but our Air Force, we're at standing room only. We're getting close to that for the UCF game. We're getting close to that um, for the Cincinnati game. So overall, our fans are coming back uh, like gangbusters, which is great because we haven't been in there for quite some time. Before I turn it over to Wags for more detailed and difficult questions, you are now not only um, you know working at the Naval Academy in the capacity that you just described, but you're also a Naval Academy parent. Congratulations so much for that. Brendan Munley matriculated into the class, uh, just made it through plebe summer and went through reform the other day. So as a parent, walk us through, personalize you. It's not just about tickets, about, it's about you, the person. Talk to us about what that experience has been like and what midshipman fourth class Munley, how he's doing so far. Oh, great, great. Um, the one thing that I have learned is 25 is now greater than 92. So um, most of the 92 people out there will understand that. But that is, in, in fact, that's fact. But, but you're proud is, as a is, parent. Is he going to say that to Dave Lillifloran? Like, I'm, I don't know how that's going to go over. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he is. But, uh, you, you know, you're proud as a parent. But to be quite honest with you, you know, the way that um, Christy, who is 92, and my wife, will – the way we both look at it is we're not the ones going through it. So we're proud of him, but all we did was put the kid on the earth and he's done basically most of it. So, so you're happy for him. We're not the ones that go through. We didn't go through plebe summer and, and we're not going to go through his plebe year with him. So, uh, you know, you just sit back and enjoy it. I mean, it's Annapolis, right? It's the Naval Academy. Great. Nothing, no better place. Wags, Great. go ahead. Well, John, I want to dive into this digital ticket uh, deal again. I mean, for those of us who have been going to concerts and other events, we're accustomed to digital tickets. That's nothing new. And it is convenient. You can just show your phone. Although I will tell you, one snafu of a digital ticket using your phone is sometimes if you don't have service, you can't pull it up. So maybe you can tell me what the solution is there. They get to the gate and all of a sudden they don't get have service. And they can't pull up the digital ticket and they're, you know, you're in trouble. And then uh, the other question I have was why was what was the reason for the big push to go digital ticket? Was COVID the driving force or was this I'm sure this is something you all have discussed for quite some time. So the first part is download before you go. You don't need Internet service if you use um, we have three videos that are on our website at NavySports.com. If you use that, you know you've already downloaded your ticket prior to leaving wherever you are, hotel room, um, your house, wherever you go. You download that ticket either into your GPay, into your iWallet, or simply as a screenshot. Therefore, the only thing you need is power. Uh, any problems on game day, you can simply just come up to the ticket office, which is located in the 53 Pavilion in the north side of the stadium. But that's the Monterey key. Monterey just made me look really stupid, didn't he? I'm the idiot who, I can't get the ticket up. And they're like, did you download the ticket beforehand? No, you didn't. 
So we've been doing digital ticketing and we've been doing this for, for quite a number of years. It's just some people just opted not to, right? Um, but it's just the wave of the future as well as COVID really pressed us. And um, not only does this save the athletic department a, a bunch of money, which is key, but the majority of our ticket holders prefer it. The majority of people in this day and age like like the instant gratification of I'm sitting online. If we were talking right now and you said, please reprint my tickets, you would hear a ding on your phone and we'd be interrupted because you would have just received your tickets. So you click, you download, and there you go. Last question for me. So obviously remember last year when fans were not allowed for the bulk of games and uh, basically your loyal season ticket holder base, not only did they they did not ask for refunds, a large amount of them, but they've come back and bought new tickets this year. Um, but I guess in some way, a lot of times with the, they didn't get their refund for last year. They just got put over to this year. Is that right? Can you kind of just explain right. how that all So, so 80%, 80%, over 80% of our season ticket holders either donated or deferred their tickets to this year, deferred their, their purchasing. Now, now our ticket prices are a little different because we have a, a sixth game and, and prices went up for this year. Um, but 80% of our people said, no, we're going to support us. And that's the driving force. And you guys were there last year. It was surreal, those games in the stadium. And just to get back to our people, you know, the two events we've had so far, which was our blue and gold barbecue and media day, you know, everyone there was positive, excited. It, I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait for game day. There is nothing like game days and there's nothing like people waiting at the gate to get in for parking, you know, to get in and start tailgating and they, and, and they, they get in as early as seven 30 in the morning. So uh, if we could at this time and what you would want to tell your people is go enjoy the day. Don't rush around. Um, it's been so long. Get, get there when you can. It's a three 30 kickoff. Spend the whole day there with us. It, there's nothing better. You don't have to worry about your kids, you know, running around, getting into stuff other than sliding down a hill. You know, uh, you get to see the brigade of midshipmen finally, you know, get out and, and march across and come downtown. You know, it's all Annapolis. So this Labor Day, it'll, it'll be great and it, it'll be worth the wait. It'll be worth the wait. And the product that we'll put on the field will be worth the wait. So it's exciting. It always is. Well, I mean, let's get right into the details of, of what to expect uh, when you come to the stadium, you know, and details about parking and where you wear a mask and where you don't wear a mask and anything and everything else that has to do with stadium operations with Bill Gibbons. Bill, thank you so much. We dealt with this last year under much more difficult circumstances and worse news, you know, which eventually resulted in, in no fans in the stands and, and restrictions that were yeah, just really very much of a bummer throughout the entire season. So, you know, as we go into this new season and we, and we are armed with this, um, you know, with this optimism, as Matt was just describing, you, what, what do you want people to know as they're coming to the stadium and what do they need, they need to know logistically? Okay, well, as Matt just said, you know, come out, come out early. Uh, enjoy the day. Enjoy the fact that we are back at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium with uh, fans in the stands, with the midshipmen, the brigade of midshipmen stand. Come out early, enjoy the day. 
Uh, Matt and his staff have done a great job of pushing out the information uh, with the digital ticket, ticketing and the digital parking. So be prepared on that end. Have your, uh, have your phone ready to show your parking pass. Come on in and we'll get you parked and, and situated. Um, a lot of the COVID protocols that we put into place last year across all of our venues and our events, we're going to, you know, we're going to keep in place uh, because people have come to expect them. You know, we will have hand sanitizer stations at the entrances to uh, at the stadium gates. We'll have them in our hospitality areas. We'll have them in our elevator lobbies. We'll do things like that. We'll uh, we'll uh, sanitize the locker rooms for the uh, uh, for the players and the officials. We will go uh, cashless concessions and merchandise stands. Uh, all of those things that we put into place last year, those best practices, you know, we'll continue to do actually for not just the near future. They're part of the uh, everyday experience now and we'll continue to do that. So uh, folks coming out can, you know, have that comfort level. You know, you talked about uh, what to expect when you come in. We are not checking for vaccinations at the gates like some of the uh, concert venues are doing these days. But what we're saying is uh, if you're not vaccinated, we're asking you that you would wear a mask regardless of where you are in the stadium. Uh, all of our indoor spaces, our, our hospitality spaces, our suites, our uh, mentor and Jaeger pavilion, press box, press row, things like that, we're asking folks to wear a mask whether they've been vaccinated or not, as long as they're indoors. Now, does that include bathrooms, Bill? Like yes. if I come yeah, in, you know, from, yeah, we're asking, we're asking yeah, that you okay. go, you know, when you're indoors, please wear a mask, regardless of your vaccination status. You know, we're all, we all see the news every day uh, on the Delta variant of the COVID virus and, and how nasty that is. And we all want to do our part to make sure that, you know, uh, to reduce transmissions and all of those things. And so that our, 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 our fans and spectators, you know, the backbone of what we do here uh, at Navy football can enjoy a, a safe and fun environment. So again, indoor spaces, you wear a mask, vaccinated or not. Outdoor spaces, if you've not been vaccinated, we ask that you do wear a mask. But other than that, uh, all of the things that you're used to seeing at Navy football, as Matt was describing, are, are, are coming back. You know, the brigade march on, the, uh, all the pomp and circumstance with uh, a Navy football game all those things that we've come to enjoy will be back for the 2021 season. First and foremost, I'll be the heavy who says this and not force Mr. Givens to say it, but I know this is how Navy athletics feels. But when you go to a Ravens game at early in the first quarter, they do a fan protocol announcement. And at the very end of it, it says, don't be a jerk. And everyone in the stands chants that. Well, here we're here to tell you, if you're not vaccinated, wear a mask. Don't be a jerk because it's disrespectful to your fellow fans. Navy is putting the honor policy on here. They're saying it's the honor policy. We're not going to ask you if you're vaccinated. We're asking you if you aren't vaccinated to wear a mask. So if that's the case, wear a mask in all places at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Don't be a jerk. Bill, will your job be more difficult, you and your staff, as you monitor the stadium with this whole mask policy. I mean, are you worried you're going to have to be telling people put your mask on because they're inside or they're doing you know, somewhere where they should be wearing a mask regardless of vaccination status? Are you worried about having to be kind of the, the mask police? Well, you know, 
we don't feel like we're going to be heavy handed anyway. You know, what I tell our staff is we're going to remind and educate uh, our folks about our, our, our spectators about wearing those masks on the indoor in the indoor space. So there, there won't be there won't be any heavy handing. There'll be a lot of reminding and educating folks who may have not gotten that message about the mask on the indoor space. So again, it will be an all hands on deck effort with that. But uh, again, from an educational standpoint and from a uh, public service standpoint, but not a heavy handed standpoint. And you know, one of the things that encourages me is that if you look at the, the COVID dashboard that the Washington Post has uh, on their online version, you know, the state of Maryland has done such a fantastic job of getting people vaccinated. We are, I think, the sixth in the country with total vaccination rates. So, you know, you, you, would, you would assume that the vast majority of people coming to our games are vac vaccinated in the first place. And that's an encouraging thing. But there, there won't be any heavy handedness. There won't be any ejections. And again, uh, we've got staff in all of our indoor spaces that will be reminding and educating people of what we need to do. And it, it'll, it'll be a season long, uh, season long effort, but uh, you know, we're prepared to do it. So obviously last year was so different for you and your stadium operations staff uh, holding games with, you know, virtually no, with no fans at one point, then just brigade of midshipmen. And then I think for the final game, they allowed senior uh, football player parents in what is it going to be? I mean, you guys are veterans of this doing a long time, you're professionals, but is it going to be, you know, kind of getting restarted back after a year off in other, in terms of stadium operations for a large measure? Yeah, there will be, you know, you know, it's, it's been two years since we've done this, but uh, you know, what I like to tell people is that our stadium operation game operations meeting that we'll host, this upcoming Monday for the Marshall game, when I look across, look out at the crowd of the people that are there, this is my 12th football season. And to a lot of the people that are in the crowd that are part of Navy football game day operations, I'm still the new guy after 12 years. So we've got a really deep, and, and most of these folks are not in AAA employees. There are, they are vendors who are really partners more than anything. And then volunteers and other staff that have been working Navy football going back to the Jack uh, Day, Lingle days. So, you know, we've got a really talented group of people that work Navy football from everywhere, from the parking lots to custodial to concessions, you know, any aspect of Navy football. And again, as you know, it's just a matter of recalibrating and going back to 2019 season, your notes and things like that. So, yeah, there will be, I don't want to say steep learning curve, but as we get those uh, game day juices flowing, but you know that muscle memory is there across all aspects of Navy game, uh, Navy football game day, and uh, I don't see that as being a challenge. Bill and Matt, thank you to both of you for what you do for your hardworking staffs. It's a, an entire village that makes uh, Navy athletics go, um, and and makes the physical mission so special. And and you're a part of that. And and we thank you for what you've done and what you continue to do for Navy athletics. We, we wish you guys both the best of uh, football seasons and, and seasons and beyond and the best of health. And thank you for joining Sing Second yep. Sports. We're right, going to go to break. Guys. This is yeah. Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. 
Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at we sing second. That's at we sing second. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, we are back. Awesome conversations, uh, not only with Coach OD, but with Bill Gibbons and Matt Munley. Thanks for bringing it back to us as we go to our final words. Um, again, I'll remind you, this podcast is sponsored by the Naptown Scoop and by our friends at Dry 5 and Red Red Wine Bar in downtown Annapolis. Great podcast today. Uh, really looking forward to the future as men's soccer, women's soccer, and volleyball. And we're not forgetting about you, volleyball. We know that you have games coming up. We tweeted about it, and we're going to get you on this pod soon. For my two intrepid uh, teammates here, but I'll throw it over to you guys for your final notes. Well, I'll uh, bring up one topic uh, before Chris talks about what he wanted to mention. Um, you may have read in the Capitol this week in a column I wrote uh, about Charlie Conley, the former Navy baseball player. Uh, he, after protracted negotiations with the United States Navy, he was told he could not sign a contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Charlie Conley is a commissioned officer. He intends to serve as a surface warfare officer. He's on temporary assignment duty at the Naval Academy now, but will be going in November to San Diego to join an Arleigh Burke uh, class destroyer. He is not asking to get out of his service commitment. He just wanted to sign a contract. And it's really, really important for his future because as a draft pick of the Los Angeles Dodgers, he needs to be under contract for the Dodgers to control his rights. And they would have done so for seven years. And that was important for not only the club, but for Charlie. And it, it befuddles me that the Navy would not allow him to simply sign a contract and the reason given was that it violated terms in ter- of regarding outside employment. But uh, to me, that is just a complete crock because he isn't employed. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to a job. He's not going to work for the Dodgers in any capacity. He's going to be working for the Navy, serving. And uh, I just this has been an ongoing issue with Navy baseball players. The United States Navy has not given baseball players at the, from the Naval Academy the same consideration it gives football players. Many, many football players have been given special exemptions to play pro football, either part-time or full-time, and baseball players have been repeatedly turned down. I find it frustrating. I'm on record with my thoughts on this. I think the current policy is genius. Athletes from service academies get to pursue pro sports right after graduation while they're at the top of their game. Their skill set is is the best it's going to be. And when they don't make it, they have to go serve their entire five-year commitment. And not a single athlete is saying they don't want to do that. So really disappointing news for Charlie Conley. I don't think news is going to be much better for Noah Song down the road, another former Navy baseball player with a lot of talent, talent to make the major leagues. Um, so that's my editorial for today, and I'll pass it over to Chris. Yeah, I want to piggyback on that. So first of all, congratulations, class of 1983, Carlos Del Toro, our new Secretary of the Navy. And I hope that either uh, Secretary Del Toro or, or classmates and friends of Secretary Del Toro that listen to this podcast will realize that um, the decision by the Navy vis-a-vis Charlie and really their interpretation um, you know, in the last year 
on the new policy and on the benefit has been extremely short-sighted. This is an opportunity, especially with Charlie, but across all athletes to do the right thing, do the right thing for these young men and women, do the right thing for the United States Naval Academy and do the right thing for the United States Navy. Um, and so hopefully uh, Secretary Del Toro is the right guy to give this the, the level-headed thought and interpretation that is needed because right now um, we're, we're not doing that. Um, the last thing that I wanted to say, John, was a huge congratulations to a uh, former Navy football player and current uh, race, NASCAR race influencer and driver, Jesse Awuji. Um, this week, uh, it was announced that he is going to partner with NFL Hall of Famer, former Dallas Cowboy, uh, all-time great Emmett Smith in starting an Xfinity team for 2022. Talk about like worlds colliding and excitement. If you're a race fan like me, if you're a Cowboy fan like me, if you're a Navy football fan like me, I mean, it, it doesn't get any better. Um, I think maybe the only person that could be more excited is Stacy in sports information as, as all this came together. So we've already reached out to Jesse. We know this is a, a busy time for him, but we hope to get him on the podcast this fall to, to get his thoughts on Navy football and to talk about this exciting venture for next year. Um, and personally, I, uh, I'm headed to Daytona this weekend as NASCAR comes back to Daytona for uh, the uh, Coke Zero 400. Look forward to a, a great week and look forward to seeing everybody at the game next weekend. Yeah, we can't wait to have you up here to get the band back together. It'll be fun. Um, you know, we'll be interested to hear from Ward what his new gear looks like. The gear issue has got to be close. I know a lot of our listeners, I'll throw one out to Steve O'Hare here, are very interested in Ward's wardrobe status. So we'll have some of that next week. My final word is going to be an announcement of sorts that as we get into the football season, we're going to start what's called the Legend Series. And with the help of Class of 71 and former guest Mike Hekimovich, um, and we're going to have Heko on again um, as, as we get into this football season, we're going to work with Mike Hekimovich to, to feature more of the legends of Naval Academy past. Um, some of our older graduates, some of the, the members of the of the long blue line, so to speak, from the 50s, 60s, and early 70s, and really talk about what that foundation was and how it, how it turned into what the Brotherhood is today. Um, so we can't wait to feature some of these legends. We thank Mike Hekimovich for his support of us on the podcast. Again, we thank our sponsors. I thank Bill Wagner and Chris Cervello and Ward Carroll, and I thank you for listening this week. We will see you next week. This is Sing Second Sports. We're out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.